Just as Mary was chosen, just as she was blessed, just as she was highly favored of the Lord, all those things apply to us. Amen? Oh, you don't seem very excited about that. God wants to do a merry kind of thing in your life. Amen? Well, I want to look at this same passage today, but I want to come at it from a different direction. I want to talk to you today simply about your Christmas miracle. How many want a miracle for Christmas? I think all of us could use a miracle for Christmas. One thing that, that uh, is interesting to me, you know, this time of the year, Melinda loves Hallmark Christmas movies. I've watched more Christmas movies this year than I'd like to admit. But I watched one just this week that was, that was powerful. It was about a, a, a single mom, and she had a, a, a little girl, probably 10 years old. And she was doing everything she could to make life work for them. And it wasn't enough. She was working at this little diner, and it wasn't enough money for them to be able to have an apartment or a place to stay. So this single mother and this 10-year-old little girl were living in a junkyard in a car. But every night they would pray. Every night they would still trust the Lord. They would look to the Lord. And I won't spoil it if you want to watch it it was called uh, for the least of these but at the end of the end of the movie there is a miracle that takes place and it's amazing to me how many christmas movies even secular ones they believe in christmas miracles and the and the the theme of the of the show or the 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 movie is that there are christmas miracles and church, I want, I want to be the first to tell you, I still believe in Christmas miracles. Not in the secular kind, but in the real kind that come from the presence of the Lord. And I want us to, to dive into this text again, and I want us to, to look at several things quickly this morning. Let's read it again. Verse 26 in Luke chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. That's the, the focus that we looked at last week. That blessed is used for us as well. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David." And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, 
How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As we look at this passage today, I want you to think about God doing a Christmas miracle in your life. Some of you may have a great financial need. Some of you may have an emotional need. You've been hurt or wounded and you, you need healing from that. Some of you may have a physical need. Some of you may need a miracle in your family. Some of you may need a miracle at work. Whatever your miracle need is, the same God who did a miracle in Mary's life and through Mary's life is the same God that does Christmas miracles today. The God we serve is not natural. He is supernatural. And He just declared in His Word, we just read it, that nothing, 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 say nothing, (laughs) nothing is impossible for our God. Nothing is impossible for Him. I love that verse. Nothing is impossible for Him. What the Lord did in the life of Mary was supernatural. He produced life and promise and hope. And church, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower in Jesus Christ, we should always have that hope because Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen? We should never be without hope no matter what situation we face. There's always hope in Jesus. God does the same kind of thing today in our marriages, in business, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. He will bring life. He will bring hope. He will bring the supernatural. Because our God is supernatural. Most people believe that there's a God out there somewhere, but when it comes to God meeting them at their personal need and and caring about what they're going through. They think, well, God's got a universe to run. He's too busy for that. Yes, there's a God. He's great. He's all-powerful. But He's got so much other to do that God's not here right now. He's not here for me. He doesn't care for my need or my miracle. In church, we just had had a precious word that God laid on Mary's heart. Everything He does is out of love for you. Amen? God loves you. He cares about what you're challenged with. He cares about what you're facing. And He brings His supernatural presence to us. Some people think, well, I'm just not a candidate for a visitation from God. But the truth is, in spite of our fears and our failures, our finiteness, that God does care. A verse in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 is an important verse. It's not the only place that Scripture mentions this, but it's an important truth. 
Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Now think about that. God shows no partiality. How many of you have, you may be younger than I am, but uh, when I grew up on the schoolyard, we would choose teams. There would be two captains and they would say, well, I pick Randall or I pick Harry. How many of you have ever been the last one picked? And you know it's because you're not as good at whatever they're trying to do. How many have ever been the first one picked because you were pretty good at it? God doesn't choose. God says you're all my first choice. Amen? He shows no partiality. In James, in fact, chapter 2, verse 9, Scripture says, but if you show partiality, you commit sin. God doesn't sin, church. <laughs> so He doesn't pick and choose people to experience His presence and power over others. He wants all of us to experience the presence and the power of God just like Mary did. He does. And we need to take hold of that. We need to trust in that. We need to believe God for that. I've got just a few points about experiencing a Christmas miracle today. And the first one is, be open to God's miracles. Believe that God is still a miracle worker. Be open to that. Believe God for it. Mary was completely open to the miracle that God wanted to do in her life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. We touched on that last week. She was open to what God wanted to do. She was humble. She said, Lord, whatever you want to do, I welcome you to do that. Here I am. I'm your maidservant. So church, I want to challenge you. Are you open to God doing the miraculous in your life and through your life? Are you truly open just like Mary? Lord, do it. Whatever you want, Lord. Have your way in my life. There are difficult, tough, tough problems that invade our lives. They invade our homes, our workplace, our family, our minds, our habits. And they have a way of taking over and hindering us from believing that God wants to do a miracle in our lives. And too often we just submit to those things. Too often we just say, well, that's the way life is. I'm going to have to struggle through this. Or I'm going to have to just accept this. This is the way life's going to be. Church, God is greater than whatever you're facing. It doesn't matter. He's greater. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it tells us, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We're to have faith. We're to believe God's Word. We're to trust in God's Word. We're to stand upon God's Word. We're to claim God's Word. We're to hide it in our hearts. Amen. We're to come with faith, believing in the Word that God has given us. That positions us in a place to begin to receive the miraculous that God has for us. James talks about faith. 
chapter 1, verse 6, and he says, let him ask in faith. Church, when you come and you ask God for something, are you believing he's going to answer that, that need? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Church, we need to be people of faith. You say, I try, Pastor, but I still struggle. Doubts attack me and fear comes against me. You need to pray. Lord, what did the disciples do? They said, Lord, help our unbelief. Amen. And that's my prayer this Christmas. Lord, help our unbelief that we'll be a, a, a church family that says, Lord, nothing's impossible for you. We believe. Lord, help us not to be double-minded. Lord, help us to come in faith believing in what you've promised us. The second thing, a miracle doesn't require spiritual sophistication. In Luke chapter 1, verse 48, 52, and 53, it mentions the lowliness of Mary. Listen to what it says. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. In verse 52, exalted the lowly. 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. Sometimes we think that God only wants to work or produce miracles in the lives of people who have it all together. You know, they have a great job. They have a great family. From all appearances, especially on Facebook, they're living the perfect life. Let me tell you, Facebook lies. Everybody wants you to think they're living a perfect life. They put the best pictures, the best, oh, we're doing this, oh, we're doing that. Look at us. You know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't. Mary was lowly. You don't have to be some sophisticated, spiritual, super spiritual Christian to experience a miracle from God. Mary was lowly. Mary, think about this. Scripture seems to argue that Mary's situation was one of the lowliest. There's no reason for, for, from Scripture to believe that Mary was anything other than a poor little Jewish girl. Yes, she was special. Yes, she was a woman of faith. Yes, she was open to God doing a miracle in her life. But she wasn't wealthy. She wasn't rich. She wasn't a society debutante. And Scripture doesn't tell us that she was marvelously beautiful. And that everyone was attracted to her because of the beauty. No, it was the attraction of the presence of the living God in her life. Amen? Don't think you have to look a certain way or, or live in a certain place or drive a certain car. Mary was lowly. Her family was most likely not well off because they lived in Nazareth. Scripture doesn't say she was beautiful. It doesn't say that she was just desirable as a person. Mary was an ordinary girl raised in a humble home, and she was headed most likely for a predictable life as a carpenter's wife. Nothing glamorous, nothing exciting, 
Nothing to tell, you know, to write home about. But God entered into her life in a powerful way. And she allowed the miraculous to take place. Does that make you feel like a candidate today? Are you a candidate for what God wants to do in your life? But we do know that she was a girl of humble faith. She had kept herself pure. She was cultivating that relationship with the Lord. The third thing, your location doesn't matter. Some people think, well, I, I want a miracle, so I've got to go to a big healing crusade. And I have nothing wrong against that. I'm not against going to a healing crusade. But church, I'm telling you, you can experience a miracle from God right here, right now, where you are. Now we have several people in the church that are uh, realtors. And they all say the same thing when it's talking about a property. Location, location, location. Hey, it's got to be on a beautiful lot nestled in the trees. Or it's got to be on a lot with a view. Or it's got to be in a lot on the water. It's location, location, location. And some people get that idea in their Christian life. Oh, if I was just in a, a church down south, a mega church where God's doing miracles. And I thank God for Miracles that he's doing everywhere. I thank God for every size church. But my point is, you can experience the same presence and power of God right here, right now in your life without ever traveling. I believe that. Mary was from Nazareth. It's something else, it's interesting. The Jewish people of Nazareth were very observant of the Jewish relationship with the Lord. They circumcised their sons. They celebrated the Passover. They didn't work on the Sabbath. They traveled to, as pilgrims to Jerusalem for the feast. They valued the traditions of Moses. And their mothers were the teachers of the children. And this is, this is important. The mother's responsibility was to know God's law. The Torah, the first five books of the, of the, of the, of the, of the Bible. They were told to learn that and then to teach that to their children. And then at the age of seven, the boys would be sent off to the synagogue and, and have a teacher at the synagogue. But it was the responsibility of the mother. So Mary had grown up in this atmosphere where her mother had trained her to be a teacher of God's law, to understand God's law for her children. And guess who her child was? It was Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who was the one that began to teach him the Torah it was Mary. Church, I want to tell you right now, that responsibility is still on every parent. 
And I thank God for our children's team. I thank God for our children's workers. I thank God for all the time and energy they put into nurturing our kids and teaching them about Jesus and about God's law. But I want you to know, if they're not receiving it from their parents, you're making a mistake. And this is a side note, but the times we live in, our children need to know the Word of God. And they need to hear it from mom. They need to hear it from dad. They need to hear it in their, in their homes. They need to be taught God's Word. And that's a side note, and it's not really part of where I wanted to go today. But I just felt the, the Lord would have me challenge you in that new way. As we approach a new year, if you have small children, teach them the Word of God. Don't just rely on, on our, our Sunday school teachers, our children's church ministry, because the parents have a responsibility as well. But they observed the Jewish laws. But back again, it was in Nazareth. And Nazareth was the place where God chose a young lady. Church, remember this. <laughs> Nazareth wasn't huge. It wasn't large. It was a, a village of about 200 to 400. The majority of them were farmers. They just eked out a, a living they, they, they weren't wealthy. It was an out-of-the-way place. In fact, later in Scripture, we see someone, when they were talking about Jesus, say, well, has anything good ever come out of Nazareth? That was the attitude of the, the people in that day. And yet, God said yes. <laughs> he said, that's where I'm going to find a young lady. That's where I'm going to... Posit my glory in that young lady's life in a town called Nazareth. And church, I say, Lord, deposit your glory right here. Right here in this valley. Right here in Wasilla and Palmer and Houston. Right here in our state, Lord. We may be out of the way. No, no one may hear about us or know about us. Lord, we may be just like Nazareth. Lord, we're... we're Humble people, we're not wealthy people. But Lord, I want to experience your glory right here. Amen. I want to experience your glory in my life and in our valley. Location doesn't matter. Number four, the way miracles happen today. Luke chapter 1 verse 35 says, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Miracles happen today the same way they happen to Mary. It's from the presence of the Lord. His presence, His power overshadowing our lives. How many are a candidate for that today? Amen? We have the tendency to think that miracles are artifacts of the past. And it prevents the, the possibility from us experiencing one, to, one today in our own lives. In fact, Mary struggled with this at first. Look at verse 34 in Luke chapter 1. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Her eyes were on the natural. 
Her eyes were saying, well, Lord, without a man, this isn't going to happen. And sadly, there's some women that think that today. I've got to have a man. I've got to have a man in my life. No, you don't. God's a better husband. He's a better father. God's all you need. And if God brings a, a great man into your life, praise God. But none of us need anybody else but Jesus. He is all we need. But Mary said, well, I don't have what it takes. You don't understand, angel. This can't happen because I don't have a man. She was saying, I don't have what it takes. How many have ever been overwhelmed with the enemy lying to you saying, you don't have what it takes? You can't do it. It can't happen in your life. That's a lie from the enemy, just like Mary. She was looking at the natural instead of keeping her eyes on the supernatural. Amen? Get your eyes off the natural of the circumstance and get your eyes on the glory of God. He is supernatural. Everything in the natural came and originated from the supernatural. I want you to think about that. Let that sink in. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God was in the beginning. Before the heavens and the earth. Before the material, natural creation. All of the natural creation came forth through God. Church, get your eyes off of the creation and get your eyes on the Creator. Amen? Because He's still creating. He is still working. He is still doing miracles in our lives. Oh, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Get your eyes and focus on the supernatural because God is not natural. He's supernatural. You and I will never have what it takes on our own. Melody, it's funny, there's a group of intercessors that come to my office about 10 o'clock every Sunday morning and we pray together. And without fail, Melody always asks me, well, are you ready to preach? She always says that. Well, are you ready today to preach? And I look at her and I say, almost, but not quite. Because I realize that no matter how long I study, no matter how long I spend in prayer, it's got to be the presence of God. It's got to be His presence enabling me to share His Word that will penetrate hearts and lives. I don't have what it takes, just like Mary, but I know the same God who does the supernatural. And you do too. Amen? Notice the angel's reply to Mary in verse 35. The angel, he, she just said, I don't have what it takes. And what does the angel say? He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. He's saying it doesn't matter what you have or don't have. What matters is the power of God, the presence of God is going to be there overshadowing your life with His power. And that's all you need, Mary. Did you get that? 
Because some of you are thinking, well, I need this and 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 this for things to work out. No, you don't. What you need is the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of the living God overshadowing your life. That's what you need. Jesus has promised us His presence. Some of you say, well, that was Mary, that's not me. Matthew 18 and 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus has promised His presence. When we come together, just like this this morning, He's promised us we have come under the authority of His name, under the authority and the power of our Savior and Lord. We have gathered together under His name. Amen? And when we come and gather together under the authority of His name, His authority is greater than all other authority. And so His authority will overrule the other types of authority trying to rule your life. In Jeremiah, I want to talk about the omnipresence and the manifest presence of God, and then we're going to close. In Jeremiah, it's just one of the verses that talks about the omnipresence of God. Omni means all. So it's the presence of God for all, everywhere. Jeremiah 23 says, 20 and 24 says, Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth says the Lord. There's many other verses, but God is omnipresent. You cannot get away from Him. Last night I came home and little Zeke was there playing around in the den and we were having fun and then all of a sudden it got real quiet. And I looked at Melinda and Michelle and I said, where's Zeke? And they go, I don't know. And they begin to call out, Zeke, Zeke. And I got up and I went into my bedroom. I came around the corner into the bathroom in our bedroom. And he came running out with a big smile on his face. Hi, big paw. I look behind him and there's a candy cane half opened on the floor. We think we can sneak around and get away with things. But God says, you can't get away with anything. I know everything that you're doing, no matter where it is, no matter what time it is, because I am all present. But church, I want you to think about this. What about the manifest presence of God? The word manifest means clear or obvious to the eye or to the mind. The manifest presence of God is something different than the omnipresence of God. The manifest presence of God is when you're in a service and you can just sense God dealing with your heart. That still small voice begins to speak to you and you know God's speaking to you. It's where you see people come to the altars and they get out on their knees. They have tears in their eyes. Or they come and they pray with someone else. 
And you can see and sense the presence of God being manifested. It's also when people are healed, when people are saved, when people are delivered and set free, the presence and the power of God is there ministering to them. And it's obvious, it's clear to us. And that's what I desire. God made himself manifest. God the Father made himself manifest to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 at the burning bush. God the Son manifest himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 14. The Holy Spirit was manifest to the believer at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. God desires to manifest his presence in our lives. That we know that he's in the house. Church, that is the heartbeat of our church family. Are you with me? It's getting hot up here. Excuse me. But I'm about to preach. That's the heartbeat of our church family. When I came to this church seven years ago, there was a remnant of people that loved Jesus that had gone through some very difficult times. But that remnant had a passion for God. That remnant wanted to experience, just like Mary, the presence and the overwhelming, the overshadowing power of God in our lives. And we began to pray. And we began to seek God. And then God would bring others into the fellowship. And that is still, church, that is still the heart of this congregation. It's not about coming and enjoying some, some beautiful Christmas trees. It's not about coming and enjoying some beautiful worship. It's not about coming and, and hearing a pastor preach. It's about encountering the presence and the power of the true and the living God and having Him transform our lives. Experiencing Him. Oh, come on. Is that true? The answer is still the same. The answer that the angel gave, Gabriel gave Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. That is the heartbeat of our church. That's the heartbeat of your pastor. I want you to experience God's presence. The greatest testimony that I ever hear that, that comes and blesses my heart is when we have someone new that, and this just happened just the last couple of weeks, Someone came to me and said, I came into this church and I was seated and my son was with me. And my son said, I can feel the presence of God in this place. That's what I want to hear from people. Not that the message was eloquent, not that the worship was beautiful. I want to hear that they felt God's presence. They knew God was in the house. Because when God's presence is here, He overshadows us with that power and miracles take place in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I need all the miracles I can get. I want us to end with, with these thoughts. 
In the Psalms, we see the passion for God's presence. There's many, many Psalms, but one of the ones that readily comes to mind is Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? We see a passion there, church, that unfortunately isn't the same passion in a lot of Christians' hearts. And my prayer is that this Christmas, you will experience that passion. Another example is King David. We think about King David as being a giant slayer. (laughs) We think about him being a general, a leader of a nation, a leader of men. We think about David's mighty men and how they they fought alongside of him, fought for him. And they would would go anywhere that he wanted them to, to go and to do whatever he wanted them to do. We think about David having that influence over over warriors and we think about David being a warrior and David was a warrior but listen to these words of David in Psalm 63 verse 1 oh God you are my God early will I seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory David said, I want to come into the sanctuary of God and I want to see your power and see your glory. Church, we need to get back to that heart of David. Amen? And and it's a perfect time to, to put my little emphasis in there. David was a mighty warrior for God. He was a man, a mighty man. He was a respected man. You don't have to put God aside and not let the world know that you're a believer to be a man's man. David was a man's man, a leader of men, and he said, God, I want to encounter you in the sanctuary. I want to see your power and glory. That's the kind of man I want to be. How about you, men? That's the kind of man I want to be, just like David. There's three simple steps to experience God's manifest presence. Take time to be in His presence. Long to be in His presence. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, we're introduced to another Mary. It's Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And Martha's upset because Mary will not come and help her when Jesus and the disciples are there and she's trying to prepare the meal for everyone and she wants Jesus to rebuke Mary and Jesus doesn't rebuke her but the scripture says that Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus feet and heard his word if you want to experience the presence of God get alone with him sit at his feet and read His Word, hear His Word, and let Him speak into your life. The second thing I want us to see about steps to experience God's manifest presence, remove any barriers between God and you. All of us with relationships from time to time have something that goes wrong and a barrier 
comes between us. It's the same with God. It's the guilt of sin. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, Scripture says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. Did you hear that? We're not perfect. This verse goes on and tells us that. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I love the word all. If you're feeling guilty because you've made a mistake, you simply come to Jesus. You come with a heart that's a repentant heart. Saying, God, I messed up. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus afresh and anew. And that barrier is taken down. And you can enter in freely into the presence of God. And third, finally, welcome the power of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it tells us to be filled with the Spirit. It's a command from God's Word. And what's interesting, in the original language, that phrase actually says, continue to be filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-time experience, but it's a lifestyle that is surrendered to the Lord and says, Lord, every day I want a fresh touch from heaven. Every day, Lord, I want you to overshadow my life with your Holy Spirit's power. Lord, work in me every day. Fill me afresh. And there's one more verse I want to read. I want the worship team to come. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, most of us love this verse. It says, Now to Him, speaking of God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. <laughs> How many like that? Amen? To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That means God is capable of doing greater things than your wildest imagination. Whatever you can come up with in your mind and ask God to do, He can do greater things. But the verse doesn't stop there. Listen, listen to the next part of the verse. According, so it connects it to that promise, according to the power that works in us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. If you want a Christmas miracle, then you welcome the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And then God says, I'm going to do greater things than you can begin to imagine. Anything you can ask for, I can do greater things. But you've got to allow the Spirit of God to work in you. Let's stand. I want you just to bow your heads and I want you to forget about everyone else who's around you. And I want you to just talk to the Lord this morning. 
Because I know that there are people here today and you desperately need a Christmas miracle. Some of you have said, well, that's just the way life is and I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to put up with it. Some of you may have bought into the lies of the enemy. Well, miracles are for everyone else, but they're not for me. Some of you need a miracle in your, in your family. Some of you need a miracle in your marriage. Some of you need a miracle financially. You need a new job or a better job or just a job. Whatever the miracle is you need today, I want you to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and focus on the Lord and focus on His Word and prepare your heart to receive a miracle from God this Christmas. And I'm not talking about a hallmark miracle. I'm talking about a merry kind of miracle. Where you know without a doubt, you're not looking at the natural, you're looking at the supernatural. That you're believing God to intervene in a way that only God can. And we're going to close and I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. And if you have any need today, I want you to step out either in the front or the back. We'll have prayer team members at both places. Or maybe you have a friend or a family member that needs a genuine miracle touch from God. And you want to come and you want to ask God for a Christmas miracle for them. Whatever that need is today, church, don't settle for that's just the way life is. Say, my God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think according to His Holy Spirit's power. As the worship team begins to lead us in a chorus, I want to ask you just to step out from where you are and come and find one of the prayer team members today and just agree together in prayer for whatever need that you have. Will you do that?